This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the place to stay updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 375. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, the Disney Plus streaming service blasts off in Australia. We tell you everything you need to know. Motorola has revived the Razer as a folding smartphone and the surprising stats about Australians listening to audiobooks. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to take a look at the Yeti X USB microphone. As a matter of fact, we record that part of the podcast with that very product. We also add a touch of luxury to our desktop with the Logitech MX Keys wireless keyboard. And Alcatel has released two new affordable smartphones. And we'll wrap things up as we always do with the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, Disney Plus uh, kicked off in Australia on November the 19th. If you're listening to this on Tuesday, it is live. uh, And it has, in, in America, it launched a week earlier. It actually, in 24 hours there were more than 10 million sign-ups. Apparently, that, that's something that took Netflix years to achieve. Uh, Disney Plus platform did it in 24 hours, which is impressive. But it's here now. Uh, it is a new streaming service, so something to rival your Netflix and Stan and all these other streaming services. Apple TV Plus is another one. And it is going to include a lot of movies, a lot of TV shows from all the tent poles of the Disney world, including Disney itself, which is a lot lot of movies and TV there, but also Pixar, Marvel, Star Wars, National Geographic, uh, to name the the biggest names there, and a lot more. And it's going to be priced at $8.99 a month, but you do have the option of paying annually. So if you want to pay 89 bucks up front, that gets you a full year subscription. So it's like getting two months for free. That's exactly what I'll be doing. And it allows you to have 10 unique devices and four simultaneous streams. So only four people can watch at the same time. I think Netflix allows five. You also have unlimited downloads for the life of the subscription. So you can download to a device. So say you're going on a, on a flight, on a trip, you want to be entertained with all your content, you can do that with the uh, Disney Plus uh, service. You can create up to seven member profiles per membership, which can be used across those 10 devices. But again, remember, only four concurrent streams. So if you've got five people in the family, you'd want to hope that two of them are watching something together because there might be some dramas if there's five people need to watch different things at the same time. Now, 
Biggest question, where and how can you watch it? Several ways you can do it. It's available on a range of mobile and connected devices. Naturally, smartphones and tablets, gaming consoles, streaming media players and smart TVs. Let's, we're going to go into some detail about that. Uh, if you're starting off, of course, it works on a web browser. I watch a lot of my stuff on, on a web browser. On my, I've got an iMac here, 5K iMac uh, Retina display. And I often watch most of my Netflix sitting here at my desk uh, we're through through the through the browser, which is pretty good. Disney Plus, I will try to do the same, but also it is 4K UHD. More about that in a minute. So I'll try to watch it on my TVs and through my projector. Of course, it works on iPhone and iPad, Android smartphones and tablets, Amazon Fire tablet and TV. Now, connected devices, yes, it will work on Apple TV. So it is 4K. So the Apple TV 4K would naturally be the best solution there. Uh, and uh, also works on the Roku player. So Telstra TV is actually a Roku player. So not sure whether they're going to add this to that. They haven't really made any announcements. They may afterwards. Just like there's also there's also a uh, Netflix you can watch through Telstra TV and Stan, all these other services. So whether uh, Telstra adds this to their that service to Telstra TV, we don't know. But uh, of course, it is available on... Uh, if, if you are have a mobile device, you can send it uh, through via Chromecast to your TV as well. That's another option. But it will run on televisions as well. You'll find that you'll be able to install the app on Samsung TVs, uh, I think from I think 2013 forward, if you've got a Samsung TV. LG TVs running WebOS. Sony TVs running Android. And uh, so... Most of the TVs, you, you'll be able to run it. Uh, not sure on what Panasonic are offering, hopefully on their TVs as well. I'm sure they don't want to miss out. But if you've got a gaming console, we'll work through the PS4 and the Xbox One. So plenty of plenty of ways to, to stream the service. I'm sure one of those is available to you, whether it's TV, a gaming console, any of those things. You'll be able to watch it in comfort. Now... What sort of quality can we expect? I did touch on it earlier. It is 4K. So unlike Netflix, you can pay to just watch HD Netflix. And there is at the top the top uh, account is the 4K Ultra HD one, which I think is 20 bucks a month. Well, with Disney Plus, all any anyone who signs up, there's only one plan, $8.99 or $89 annually. You'll get 1080p, but also 4K UHD with high dynamic range. That's right, HDR viewing. If you've got a compatible device, of course, you've got HDR on your 4K TV, uh, it will work. So HDR10, it'll support HDR10 and Dolby Vision. They're both forms of, uh, of HDR. And the exciting news, and look, no, no surprises for me leading out with this one. I'm a huge Star Wars fan, and I did actually write a story on Tech Guide last week that the to the delight of the American customers, and I'm assuming the Australian customers as well will have this, the Star Wars films, episodes one to six, are all available in 4K Ultra HD quality, which I think is massive news for Star Wars fans. Who The, the only Star Wars films you can watch on 4K today is Solo, A Star Wars Story, and Episode Eight, The Last Jedi. They're the only films, Star Wars films, released in 4K. None of the original trilogy, none of the prequel trilogy, 
uh, I suggested to 20th Century Fox a couple of years ago, 2017, for the 40th anniversary of the of the original Star Wars film, I said, why don't you release a 4K set of, of the first six movies? 4K, 40 years, is all there. I said, take my money now. I'll, I'll buy it right now. But nothing came of that, unfortunately. Uh, we're gonna, the, the news is, though, that in 2020, once Rise of Skywalker, which is Episode 9, the final film in the Skywalker saga, once that hits home entertainment market, I'm thinking in probably March, April next year, that Disney is planning a mega set, 4K disc set, uh, of of all every all nine Star Wars films, and I'll be there day one with my money. That is awesome. But in the meantime, though, we can view it uh, streaming wise. Personally, uh, I think watching 4K on a disc is better. It's much higher bit rate. I, I think it's much better, smoother, uh, slightly better quality. But I'm I'm not going to argue though on Disney Plus streaming Star Wars in 4K. Uh, speaking of Star Wars, of course, the one of the biggest things that the exclusive content, part of the exclusive content available for Disney Plus, will be The Mandalorian, which is the first live-action Star Wars series ever made. A lot of people are surprised at that because every other series that's gone before this that is Star Wars related has been animated. We've had Star Wars Rebels, Clone Wars, Resistance. They're all animated series. This is live action. And from the reviews I'm hearing, I've deliberately tried to avoid the spoilers, but people are raving about this. The other original content is Lady and the Tramp, which is a movie, High School Musical. Lady and the Tramp, by the way, a live action movie, not a cartoon. High School Musical, the musical series, Encore and Noel. They're exclusive. But then you've got all the Marvel's movies including Endgame, which is now the highest, uh, most successful film of all time. You've also got all the Star Wars films, not only the the episodes, but also Rogue One and Solo. You've got the Clone Wars, Yoda Chronicles, Star Wars Rebels, and even Lego Droid Tales. You've got all the Disney live action as well, so 101 Dalmatians, both live and animated. Aladdin, live and animated. Beauty and the Beast, live and animated. Dumbo live and animated. You're getting a, there's a pattern emerging here. They're making Little Mermaid, by the way, as a live action film as well. Uh, all of those movies, and of course Pixar. So you got Toy Toy Story, uh, The Incredibles, Ratatouille, Inside Out, Finding Dory, Finding Nemo, Cars, Brave. All of those, as well as movies. And you got to remember, part of the Disney Plus, part of Disney now, Disney now also owns Fox, which means you're going to get The Simpsons. Home Alone 1, 2, and 3. So all the, all these Fox films come in, but also you're going to get all these films made by Touchstone Studios, which is part of Disney. So remember the Titans, Sister Act, Chronicles of Narnia, Parent Trap, Princess Diaries, all of these things. And then all the Disney stuff, like High School Musical, Descendants, Camp Rock, Mickey Mouse Club, all those things, plus other blockbusters include Avatar. Uh, and Pirates of the Caribbean. So a lot, lot of handy content heading our way. Disney Plus, are you a fan? Let us know. Tweet me at Stephen Fennick on Tech Guide or send me an email. I want to know whether you're signing up or whether this is uh, no, not for you. Uh, I think it's it's going to be pretty popular. That's my prediction. It's going to be very popular here in Australia. And I look forward to seeing it all for myself. If you're listening to this on a Tuesday, I've re- I'm recording this on a Monday afternoon. So... If you're listening to this on Tuesday, the 19th of November, it's available now, which I'm pretty sure most of you will be listening to this hours and hours after I've recorded it. So get onto it if you want it. 
I'd like to know whether you're interested in it. Tweet me at Stephen Fennec. Disney Plus, you can read all about everything I've spoken about, everything you need to know about the new streaming service. You can find it at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Now, here's a blast from the past. Uh, who remembers in the early 2000s, I'm, t- I'm thinking 2003, 4, where now this, is, this is way before the iPhone, way before BlackBerry, and this is in the, in the days when Nokia kind of ruled the roost in the, in the smart, in not the smartphone, in the mobile phone market. They weren't smart just yet. But uh, who remembers the Motorola Razr? What an amazing, amazingly popular product. I had one. It was the coolest thing in the world. This flip phone, you flip it open, flip it shut. It was really good. And the reason it was called Razor was because the screen section was so thin and light and sharp. It would look sharp anyway. That's why they called it the Razor. And it was an absolute, the hottest phone you could buy. And if you, it was a real statement if you had the Motorola Razor. Well... Have a guess what? It's coming back. The Motorola Razr was just unveiled as an all-new folding smartphone. There's been a lot of rumours around this, and finally they've confirmed it, that the Moto Razr will be released in Australia in early 2020. The device has a 6.6-inch screen when it's unfolded. So unlike the Galaxy Fold, which is kind of give you a two-in-one device, this is it just folds open to a slightly larger than normal smartphone, but then it folds down to this tiny little clamshell, 7.2 centimetres by 9.4 centimetres. Uh, there's an external 2.7-inch quick-view screen, so you can look at incoming calls and all those sorts of things. And uh, there's a 16-megapixel camera as well. So if you're taking selfies when it's shut, you can see yourself on the little screen. And then when you open up the, the phone, that camera that you were using for your selfies now becomes your main camera. So really smartly designed. It still has that massive chin. Remember the chin that was on the bottom of it? Uh, so what happens now, the screen kind of tucks into the just above the chin there, but that chin is not only a great handle, a great way to grip the phone, but there's also, that's where they've placed the fingerprint reader. So really cool uh, looking device. There's a video on Tech Guide showing you, but again, it's another way that they've imagined a folding phone. We've seen uh, the Galaxy Fold, which I've mentioned, so that sort of has a screen on the front, opens up, and then suddenly it's a tablet. That's one way. Huawei has the Mate X, still hasn't been to market yet, and maybe we obviously won't see it till next year. But it has a similar concept where it uses one screen that folds. So you're holding it in, it has a normal screen, a screen on the back, open it up, one screen, it's a tablet. It opens outwards rather than opening like a book. Uh, there was the Flex Pi, which is kind of a... a, a version of the folding phone we saw at CES back in January. It was really thick and ugly, and it was still a folding screen, though, but I described it as being really fat, like George Costanza's wallet. So it was, it's uh, not ideal and not as sleek, obviously, as these other other devices that, that, uh, that we've mentioned. But the Motorola Razr, though, is, it looks the goods. This is, uh, it has that 6.6-inch OLED screen, 
Resolution of 2142 by 876. So it looks pretty sharp. Running Android uh, 9.0, I think, or maybe even Android 10 by next year. Uh, and when it's opened, it is 17.2 centimetres long. So that would be the size. Uh, it'll be too big as a normal phone. I think if you were had, had it open the whole time, if it was a normal phone that was that long, you'd think, whoa, that's just too big. But now the fact you can fold it, that means when you're not using that big screen, it, it tucks down into this nice little size that will be popular with... Uh, everyone, for men and women, I, I think the fold and that's sort of a chunkier, bigger device. I, my opinion is, it's going to have a, a pretty much a majority like a male skew, so it'd be mainly men that buy that. Whereas this, I think, will appeal to men and women because a, it's sexy, b, it folds down to a small size, so that. Uh, if, if a woman does want to pack it into her little clutch purse or a handbag, it's going to easily fit. Or for a guy, it fits in your pocket uh, without without taking up too much room, unlike your big smartphone that uh, has to be big to give you that 6.5-inch screen. But that's not a problem with the Motorola Razr. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to seeing this. There's also no physical SIM card. It only has an eSIM, so it saves a bit of space there. There's also no micro SD card slot. So if uh, you want to expand your memory, tough luck. Although the Galaxy Fold doesn't have a micro SD card slot anyway, and that's, I think, probably one of the downsides of that product. But uh, the Motorola Razr, has, it's powered by a Snapdragon, uh, Qualcomm Snapdragon 720 processor, 6 gig of RAM, and only 128 gig of internal storage. When the screen is opened up, though, and there are pictures of this on Tech Guide, as I said, you can uh, turn it on its side, and it's the perfect cinema-sized screen. So great to be enjoying your content on the go, as well as being able to use it as a regular phone. So you're up and down, so your portrait mode for your apps, landscape mode to view content, YouTube, movies, what have you. Uh, really cool. Now, uh, we'll tell you the price in the US anyway. It's going to be 1499 bucks. So let's call that $2,000 in Australia, if not more, because of our weak dollar. It's going to be on sale in uh, January in the US through exclusively through Verizon. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's going to be available to all the carriers here once it arrives. Uh, but we're excited to see this. This is going to be a very popular product. I think we're going to see sort of a level of excitement as as we saw with the original iPhone. This is really going to spark the folding market. And we're going to see a lot more companies offering folding phones in 2020. So uh, this is the start of, a, of an all-new wave, I think. The Razer is back. You're going to say, hello, Moto, once again. If you want to read our complete review, or not our review, our complete story, I haven't reviewed it yet, I wish I did. Uh, you want to read our complete story about the Moto Razer and its massive comeback, check it out, techguide.com.au. Well, you know what? I know that you, you listening to this podcast, wherever you may be, you are a fan of spoken word entertainment. You're listening to me. You're listening to the podcast. So it makes sense then to talk to you about audiobooks and how popular they are in Australia. Uh, everyone you see out and about with their headphones and earphones, a third of those people hopefully are listening to the Tech Guide podcast, but also a third of the people are listening to audiobooks. Uh, so this is a study by Audible Australia. That's the obviously the Australian division of the world's leading audiobook and spoken word entertainment provider. 
Now, it shows that more than 6.6 million Australians listen to their books. And millennials, would you believe, millennials are leading the way. More than half of those surveyed listen to audiobooks. That's 55% of millennials listen to audiobooks. Hopefully, 55% of millennials listen to podcasts, including this one. Well, it looks... Uh, it looks it, those stats look very impressive uh, because audiobooks, and I've got to say, I'm a fan. I love audiobooks because it allows me to get through a book, enjoy a book in situations where I normally can't read a book, like when I'm running or walking or exercising or in the gym or driving. If someone's reading me a book, it's awesome. And I can get through a book fairly quickly. I, I spend a fair bit of time moving around and also in my car. So a book that's about 12 to 13 hours, I can probably get through it in like a week and a half. Like Each day I manage to get through about four, between my walking and driving, I manage to get through about 45 minutes to an hour of the book a day. So it only takes less than a couple of weeks to get through an average size audio book. And, and the, what, what really I enjoy so much about audio books is that it's a performance. You're listening to someone portraying the characters and the tone and everything they put into it is remarkable. Uh, and, and some of my favourite audiobooks are read by the authors themselves, uh, especially biographies and, and non-fiction books. There's a couple that come to mind. I think Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, one of the bestsellers of, of the year, and, and she actually narrates the, her own book. Uh, another one that I really enjoyed was Hillary Clinton's book, What Happened, which details her the the after the, the fallout of the of the election that she lost. So the after the aftermath of that election that she lost to Donald Trump, uh, she's telling me in her voice what happened, and it was like it was just her and me in this conversation, and it was remarkable. And I think that's what why people get a lot of enjoyment out of audiobooks is because it's a performance that you that's put on for you, and part of the fact that you're just listening to this. You're absorbing this performance rather than reading a book physically, your eyes are going around the page and you're digesting what the reader's written. I think you're using less RAM in your brain to process an audiobook. You're just enjoying this performance. So uh, it's no surprise to me that audiobooks are popular and uh, the, the ability to listen to stories while getting on with other things uh, is another reason for their popularity. As I mentioned, like some people, they do their cleaning and do the, their tasks listening to audiobooks. Oh, I've, I've washed my car while listening to an audiobook or, or swept the floor while listening to an audiobook. So again, it, it gives people a reason to get off, off, their, off their butt and get their housework done because they know they can listen to a bit of their audiobook. So four in five... Uh, Australians under 34 admitted that audiobooks kept them entertained while performing those tedious tasks. So that's another upside there as well. Uh, more than two-thirds, at 72%, said listening to an audiobook makes them more willing to get on with other activities like cleaning or exercise. I mentioned that as well. The growth in the popularity of audiobooks, though, is really being seen uh, among the customers who downloaded an average of 17 audiobooks and listened to more than 50 million hours of audio content. That That's from uh, up from... 32 million just two years ago. So we're, we are on the rise with audiobooks. Uh, and look, as I said, the fact that you're listening to this right now, you know the value of spoken word entertainment rather than listening to music. You're learning something, enjoying something, 
uh, finding out about the latest tech news. That's why you're listening to this podcast, finding out my opinions of products. But in the audiobook side, you've got all these great yarns from biographies and fiction, the latest, latest bestsellers that are read to you uh, through Audible. Definitely, if you haven't tried audiobooks, I highly, highly recommend them. If you want to read more about that story, you can check it out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. Well, we upgrade our smartphones and TVs and computers, but when was the last time you upgraded your home Wi-Fi? Well, you can now with Wi-Fi 6. If you watch streaming services like Netflix, Disney Plus maybe, you need the newest line of high-performance routers from Netgear. It's like giving your streaming the VIP treatment. The Netgear Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 routers give you ultra-fast speeds and wider coverage throughout your home. The devices of today and tomorrow demand more, so what you need is high-performance Wi-Fi that can keep up with you and your entire family. It's the biggest revolution in Wi-Fi ever, and you can be one of the first to have the next generation of Wi-Fi 6 technology with a Netgear Nighthawk router. Turn your Wi-Fi up to 6 with a Nighthawk Wi-Fi 6 router. Go check it out today at netgear.com slash Wi-Fi 6. That's netgear.com slash Wi-Fi and the number 6. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennec. Kicking off the reviews this week, we are talking about a microphone. It's the Yeti X USB microphone. And this is a really versatile device for content creators, for, for streamers, people who make YouTube videos, podcasters, of course. And it's really easy to set up, connect straight to your computer. So that alone eliminates a lot of hassle. So having a USB connection turns your computer or laptop immediately into a recording studio, unlike a regular microphone, which has an XLR connection. That's a special microphone connection. That's hard to connect directly to a computer, so you need to bring in additional equipment like a mixer, so that way you can connect to the computer. But you don't have that issue with the Yeti X. This is uh, designed to uh, as a plug-and-play product, but offers impressive quality. And I'm actually speaking through the Yeti X uh, for this part of the podcast. Don't know whether you could notice any difference. Um, I can notice it is picking up a lot of extra external noise. Uh, the reason uh, for that is that it has it has four a four part array on the inside. So basically, what it means it allows you to uh, to create different modes for recording. I'm using the mode meant to have one person recording. So I'm, I'm actually I'm actually not on mic. I'm about probably nearly a foot away from the mic. It's meant to pick you up from quite a distance. And the other modes allow you to have a more open recording, so having multiple sounds. There's also another mode that allows you to record sitting opposite somebody. So uh, rather than me being right on mic, like being having my lips just a centimetre away from the mic, you can have be sitting opposite someone and the mic array will pick it up. And there's also a built-in pop filter into the into the top of the mic as well. There's even a meter, a live meter. So I'm looking at the meter on my recording software. I'm using Adobe Audition. But there's also a meter on the front of the mic. 
you can there's pictures of it on my story on Tech Guide, and I can see just looking at the mic my level. So uh, I'm peeking. I'm not peeking. I'm sort of just just popping into the yellow, not going quite red. Uh, I'm not being too loud by talking here, but I I am a fair distance away from the microphone. Uh, the the front controller allows you to change to to monitor your headphone volume as well. You another long press gets you a mixture of both, and then on the back is a, is the button to change the pattern. And the patterns I was talking about earlier is to record by yourself, record all around, record uh, just have uh, be talking to someone opposite the mic. So great for a podcast interview or uh, an inter, any kind of conference call. Uh, if you're in a conference, you can actually in in a conference room you can open it up so the mic is recording from all directions. So it's uh, it has that four capsule condenser array which makes that possible. Something you can't do with a regular microphone. A regular microphone that you purchase is normally a specialized bit of equipment. Not the case with the uh, the Yeti X. It is It gives you options. So you, you can use it for individual recording, the conferences, sitting opposite an interview subject and things like that. Uh, it also has a, a stand, so it's one less thing you have to worry about. So there's no need to uh, to have uh, any buy anything else. So it has a desktop stand it's sitting right in front of my desk right now, and you can connect it as I said to your computer. Really easy to set up. Also comes with some great companion software, uh, the voice software, and this is really handy because it allows you to set various uh, filters and modes. So if you want to, for example, sound more like an FM announcer, AM announcer, there's even like warm and vibrant, all these different filters you can apply to your voice as well to have a bit of fun. But, uh, you know, it's it's not, it, it's, this isn't, this isn't the sort of, of microphone that, that a specialist, like, a, like I normally, when I use my, when I'm recording my podcasts, I normally use either a Sennheiser headset or a Rode microphone, and they are designed for one purpose, for to, for podcasting, broadcasting, and they do the job. This is a, a, a product of many talents and allows you through the USB connection to record directly to your computer, as I'm doing right now. I normally go through the uh, the Rodecaster mixer to to record. The podcast and the rest of the podcast you'll hear is recorded through that. So hopefully this doesn't sound too different to the rest of the show. It is designed to give you a broadcast quality result. So uh, I think it's well to me it sounds okay. You tell me if it doesn't. But my review on Tech Guide is all there. It goes through all the different uh, scenarios, the different features on board, uh, and it's priced at two hundred ninety nine ninety nine. So it's one of those things that you can use for several things. If you do the odd bit of podcasting, if you do a bit of YouTube video, some live streaming, uh, this this is the mic for you. So it's a it's uh, has many abilities rather than just having one specialized ability. And the fact that it's really easy to set up, and the fact you can connect it directly to your computer, is an advantage as well. A couple of little downsides though. Um, for for a microphone, normally a product like a mic is is fairly portable. I know all of my mics. I can take them anywhere with me. I take them when I travel to record uh, when I when I go to launches and various events. Uh, the Yeti 
Yeti is quite a bulky microphone. You'd have to actually take the whole thing apart and there's no case that comes with it, so you're going to have to be really careful, Be make sure it doesn't get damaged. So that that's a, a for, for something so versatile, I'd like it if it was maybe just perhaps a little bit more portable. Um, the other the other thing is, and this is only a minor issue, it uh, it connects through micro USB. I thought being a 2019 product that we might have got a USB-C port in there. Uh, so it would have given it a, a 2019 feel. Normally products with USB-C to me cry out, look, I'm pretty modern. I've got this latest connection. You'd think that the Yeti X, uh, unlike its predecessors, might have advanced to the USB-C connection. But that is a very, very minor complaint. Overall, I find the, the microphone, and you tell me about the quality, I find it to, to sound okay. And also, it is, as I said, a very versatile product uh, for anyone who's creating content regularly and switching maybe between podcasting, live streaming, uh, all of those things. And all of the controls, everything is at your fingertips. That's what I like about it. Rather than uh, with a traditional mic and the equipment you have to connect it to, there's a fair bit of thinking to be done outside of your recording. You need to set up your equipment. It can take a bit of time. It can be a bit intimidating for people who just want to record some content and stream or whatever they want to do. Uh, this is a nice plug-and-play solution so that all of those headaches uh, are taken away from you. This is uh, really easy to set up, really easy to control. Everything you need to know is on the mic itself. So my levels that I'm looking at right now, uh, my, my headphone levels are there as well. I don't need a pop filter, so I don't need a bit of foam on top. I, I think it's sounding pretty good. No need for, for that. And the reason it doesn't need a pop filter too, I think, is because I'm a fair distance away from the mic. So I don't, I don't. if I'm right close to the mic like this, you'll hear that it's peaking a bit. It's going into the red. But now when I pull back a touch, you can hear that it's actually not too bad. Uh, pretty good result, I think, if you're looking to get started. This is definitely worth your consideration. You can read our full review. We've, we've gone through the whole thing, all the features, and given it a rating, pros and cons, all there for you to see. If you want to check it out, it's at techguide.com.au. All righty, well... We do, everyone uses a computer every day. I know I do, a desktop computer, and I'm often switching to my phone to do stuff and a tablet to do stuff. Well, there's a great new keyboard from Logitech called MX Keys. It's an advanced wireless keyboard. Now, it matches, recently we spoke about the MX Master 3, which is the uh, the mouse, which is their kind of super-duper precise, beautifully designed mouse well they've released the mx keys to match that uh, i've got them next to each other right now they look actually quite stylish and as i said at the top they do add a touch of luxury to your desktop because they are very finely crafted keyboards and i think look if you're spending so much time in front of your computer like i do then why not make sure that the experience is a good one so with the MX keys, you can do just that, and you can tell just from the design quality. It does have a lovely design quality and, and, and build quality. Uh, the keys are, are made, there's these little scoops in every, every key, so it's really easy to type. It does support multiple operating systems as well, so whether you're a Windows user or a Mac user, will work just fine. So uh, even it works through on Linux, iOS, and Android devices. It does connect. There are three Bluetooth settings. So you can have one, uh, say, key one will connect to your computer. 
key two will connect to your phone, key three might connect to your tablet. So at the press of a button, you can be then paired to another product. So say you receive a message on your tablet, on your, on your phone or an email or something on the other device, you can just switch out, the switch to that other device, quickly type out a reply or whatever you need to do. You might have written, need to write a document on your phone or something uh, or on your tablet and the MX can easily switch back and forth. As I mentioned, the keys are spherically dished. It means you get this little scoop out the top. So that fits the shape of your fingertips. And as well, they've also got a matte coating. So your fingers are really glide nicely over the surface. So you're, they're not going to stick anywhere. And there is a metal plate foundation, and as well as having rubberized feet. So it is very stable, a stable typing foundation. So it's not going to slip and slide all over the desk. Uh, it also has uh, it, it has a proximity sensor. So if you are uh, if it if it if I reach my hand out to the keyboard, it'll sense I'm here and turn on. So if the if the room conditions are slightly darker, I'll see the backlight uh, the key, the backlit keys then suddenly activate. Uh, and similarly, when I leave, if I move away from my desk, it'll detect I'm not around, and then it'll switch itself off. So the sensors are smart enough to do that. So if I'm off, it'll it'll switch off to save power. And same deal with the backlighting. That That's what really burns through your battery is if the backlighting is constantly on, if you're not around, it's a little bit of a waste of power. So it is smart enough to know that you are there so that it'll be on for a start and B, if it's required, it'll give you that backlighting as well. Now, it is really nice to type on, not too noisy, very stable, keys are nice size, nice, nicely spaced, you've got your full numerical keyboard on the right, all your directional keys as well, all the function keys you'd expect, there's even an, uh, keys, an option, command, start key, alt key, that uh, are dual labels on them, so if you're using a Mac, for example, you'll need the option and command, if you're using a Windows machine, you'll need start and alt, so these dual labeled keys means there'll be no confusion whether using a Mac or a PC or Windows PC so it will work beautifully with each one all your function keys of course you've got media control keys for your volume and your and playback your videos as well uh, and it is a really lovely keyboard of course it connects through Bluetooth and you can switch to those other devices really easily as I said but there is another feature that you can also use with the uh, with the MX keys keyboard and that's Logitech's flow which means you can type on multiple devices at the same time. So you can transfer files and documents between all the computers that you're connected to with the keyboard. So you can even transfer content between files and documents between a Mac and a Windows computer as well. Now, the internal battery, you're going to get up to 10 days on a full charge. It charges through the included USB-C cable. If you turn off your backlighting, that battery is going to last for up to five months Geez, the light, the backlighting really drains the battery. But 10 days, that's plenty. If you want to just charge, quickly charge it up overnight, uh, that's pretty good performance on a full charge. Up to five months if you uh, turn off the backlight. You can also, by the way, speaking of backlight, control the intensity of the backlight. So if it's too bright for you, you can turn it down, although it is intuitive enough to adapt to the room conditions. The MX Keys Advanced Wireless Keyboard, uh, premium product for a premium experience, I say. It's available now. It's priced at $199. And if you want to check it out, our complete review is at techguide.com.au.
Well, Alcatel have released two new feature-packed phones and both under 300 bucks. Uh, Alcatel make a habit of really packing in the quality, features, and value into a single device, and they've done it again with the 3X and the 1S smartphones, both under 300 both now available from JB Hi-Fi. Uh, the the 3X is priced at $299. It had a 6.5 display with a high-definition resolution. So whatever you're watching on there, your photos, your apps, movies, browsing the web, looks terrific on it. But for under 300 bucks, you also get a triple camera system. This is pretty impressive at this price point. So you get a 16-megapixel, 8-megapixel, and 5-megapixel camera. They all work together, so you can get a you get wide-angle, 102-degree wide-angle. You can even get those beautiful uh, portrait shots with the bokeh effect that you can actually adjust in real time. The camera also has smart scene detection. This is under 300 bucks. remember. But it, it still has smart scene detection, so it cho- chooses the right shooting mode and can recognize up to 21 different subjects so it can optimize the image so just point and shoot and you'll get a brilliant result uh, the front facing camera too is an 8 megapixel camera and has a front led flash as well for brighter selfies also uh, low light situations can handle it as well so whether you're shooting video or taking photos there is a low light mode that will pump the light into that photo uh, and make it look better than you can than you can imagine the security, very important for a phone, and this phone, under 300 bucks, has face key, so unlocking the device just by looking at it. Also has a fingerprint sensor, so you can also unlock the phone really quickly. Has a, a, a special, a dedicated Google Assistant button, so fast access to apps, information, setting reminders, text messages, even controlling your smart home devices through a quick, quick button on the side. Uh, also has Google Lens which means you can point the camera at objects and landmarks and it will tell you what you're looking at. It'll give you information. The Alcatel 1S, this is 199 bucks, so under 200 bucks, you still got a 5.5 inch full view 18 by 9 high definition display has an impressive 81% screen to body ratio. Very impressive. The One S also has a dual camera system, so 13 megapixel and 2 megapixel on the back, and a front 5 megapixel camera for your selfies. 32 gig of internal storage, 3 gig of RAM, has an octa-core processor for an under $200 phone. So performance-wise, you're going to get pretty decent performance at that price point. I think uh, very hard to match there. And would you believe the One S has face key and a fingerprint reader? And he's still under 199 bucks. I think either of these phones, the, the 3X and the 1S, perfect for someone who may be on a budget, someone who you maybe want to buy a first phone for a child, you maybe want to buy a, a first phone for uh, a parent or a grandparent. These are perfect because they're affordable, they're really easy to use, they've got great features, great cameras. It will, it will do the job for those users that I've just described and... Value, as I said, should be Alcatel's middle name because that's exactly what these deliver, as well as terrific features as well. Both available, both available now, both available from JB Hi-Fi. So that's the 3X, which is $299, and the 1S, $199. And if you want to check them out, you can find them at techguide.com.au. 
This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is out is also proudly supported by Norton. In a world where you're constantly connecting, cyber attacks are more prevalent than ever. From phishing scams and ransomware to online predators and big data tracking your every move, cyber threats have evolved, which is why Norton has as well. The new Norton 360 gives you next-level protection, combining the power of device security and a security and a secure VPN. So this includes a virtual private network used to be separate products, now they're all in one. These work together to help keep you and your family safe and private online. The new Norton 360 all-in-one protection for all of your devices, whether they're mobile or computers, and also looks after your online privacy. They're available now at leading retailers or au.norton.com. And now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is brought to you by Belkin, our good mates. If you're after cables and chargers and batteries, uh, uh, check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Today, we're going to talk about, uh, I had an interesting question, a couple of interesting questions. The first is uh, a woman contacted me asking to recommend a good internet radio. Her old internet radio is not working properly and she wants to replace it. My suggestion was don't buy an internet radio, buy a smart speaker. I think that's a lot. That's exactly what I did in my household. My internet radio stopped working in my bathroom and in my office here, and I thought, "Hang on, I've got a smart speaker. I can just ask it to play whatever station I want, and it works a treat." I, I installed one for my parents as well. They, they used to have an internet radio. Same deal. Theirs broke down. Didn't work anymore. I said, "Look here, I'm going to install this for you. Whatever you want to listen to, just ask it for that station." I think they got. I gave them the Lenovo 10-inch smart display, so it's a it's a Google Assistant. Uh, I'm using the, uh, I've got them all here, I've got the Google, but I've also got the Alexas, so I just say, hey, play me this, or whatever station I happen to be on. My parents love it because they can, well, all the stations that I appear on, and I tell them what time I'm on, and they just ask the radio to play that station, rather than having, having to fiddle around a knob and trying to find it, uh, it all comes through the internet, all comes through really clearly, uh, so... I think your best bet is forget the internet radio, get yourself a smart speaker and listen to all the radio whenever you want uh, and you just simply have to ask for it. Uh, Why have to stuff around with a knob and trying to go through a dial and to tune it? There's a lot of work involved, but... Smart speaker uh, is the definitely the way to go. Uh, other question I had was about uh, Wi-Fi 6, which is uh, what I mentioned earlier from our sponsors, our good friends at Netgear. They've got a Wi-Fi 6 router. The question was from a, a listener who was asking, look, they want to expand their, their, uh, their network at home and they're wanting to know whether it's worth getting Wi-Fi 6, and, and of course it is. Uh, they, they thought that the existing Orbi system was Wi-Fi 6. That's not the case. Still works great and gives you a terrific result. There will be, uh, as I believe, an Orbi Wi-Fi 6 version early in 2020. They're probably going to announce it at the Consumer Electronics Show. But I told uh, our, our, our reader, our listener, I said, look, you can still go ahead and get an Orbi right now. Uh, a lot of his devices, he said, are, are fairly old. So having not having Wi-Fi six isn't isn't a deal breaker. Wi-Fi six, for the for the record, is backwards compatible. So you're not going to 
uh, not be able to use all, any of your old products. But cons- he, he did mention that most of his products are older products that have Wi-Fi. So really having Wi-Fi 6 isn't going to make a huge amount of difference. Wi-Fi 6 works uh, if you've got a Wi-Fi 6 device like the latest iPhone, the latest Samsung, the latest MacBook Pro. Uh, if you have a majority of those products, then yeah, definitely go Wi-Fi 6. Uh, but if you wanted to expand the network today, and as he said, he had a lot of older products, then the Netgear Orbi, as it is, is fine. There is a Wi-Fi 6 version coming, and yes, it will be backwards compatible. So he has either choice to make. If he wants it now, the Orbi will work fine. If he wants to wait, it'll still work fine. We'll be backwards compatible, but then we'll be uh, ready to go when he upgrades all of his equipment, his new laptop, new phone, and all of that stuff. We've written about internet uh, smart speakers. We've also written about Orbi Wi-Fi 6. Uh, We've also written about the Wi-Fi 6 router that you can currently get from our friends at Netgear. So if you want to read any of those, you can check them out at techguide.com.au. And that is the end of our show for this week. That really zoomed by. I don't know if it did that for you as well. We uh, thank you for listening all the way to the end. If you have done, thank you. We do love it if you'd leave us a five-star rating on uh, anywhere you listen to your podcasts, uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening. Uh, we will read out any five-star reviews on the show. Everything we've talked about, of course, you can find at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, send us an email, info at techguide.com.au. Or if you're feeling really adventurous and you love the sound of your own voice, hit the record button and record your question through my app, Voice Byte, and I will play it on the show. So you'll hear your voice on the Tech Guide podcast. We want to give a special thanks, too, to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Thank you so much for listening. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, stay safe and stay connected.